and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Late Chicane podcast. Now, there isn't much of an introduction needed for this inaugural episode, as you might expect uh, for a lot of other type of podcasty type stuff, because this is a racing podcast. So as you can imagine, we are going to be talking about racing news and basically racing actual races and anything kind of revolving around the racing world in general. Now, we're going to be talking about a couple of different series here. We're going to be talking about IndyCar. We're going to be talking about Formula One. We're going to be talking about the World Endurance Championship. We might be talking about a little bit of IMSA here or there. And we're going to be bringing up NASCAR as well. Um, I'm debating on the NASCAR aspect. I know it's very popular and I enjoy it myself, but I don't know if it necessarily fits in um, with IndyCar. Like, there's subdivisions, right, where you can put NASCAR and IndyCar together because they're both North American uh, racing events. They are the top two in the country. They both race on ovals. They both actually race on street or on road courses as well. So I guess you could classify them that way. Or you could classify Formula One and IndyCar together because they're both open wheel road course racing. Uh, but then IndyCar obviously races on oval and you could... There's like 40 different ways that you can do it. So really what I'm saying is tell me what is the best way and what what you think I should do. Should I include NASCAR? I'm going to include NASCAR this week. Um, But in general, should I include NASCAR in this? Um, You should probably let me know that. Um, You can do that on any social media um, at last chicane um you can go ahead and let me know if you want to hear nascar news uh whether that be in the long form content that we're going to do for the other series or maybe in a kind of shortened way you know i just bring up the results of the race say if it's good or bad my like couple of opinions on it then maybe a little bit of the news about what's going on but you know whatever floats your boat i really like nascar uh racing but i understand a lot of people don't as well um it it really just depends on what you guys want to hear but until i hear otherwise we'll include some nascar news now uh what i want to talk about first is i think we should probably talk about indycar and get all the indycar news out of the way because of what happened in the indycar race this past weekend and then kind of move on to some formula one news because there is a lot and a lot of Formula One news over the last week. And I think uh, I'm going to consistently post these podcasts on Wednesday. I'll record them on Tuesday, kind of like evening-ish, and post them on Wednesday. Just because it seems like a lot of news happens in the first couple of days of the week. Uh, because nobody's at the track yet. You know, track days, usually people get to the track on Thursday. Well, no matter what series it is, it's usually Thursday they get to the track. And it's all just track stuff. But Monday and Tuesday... and Sometimes Wednesday uh, are when all the big information come out or on an off week or something like that. And NASCAR is going into an off week this upcoming week. So it should be interesting if anything comes out of that. I don't really see much happening. Uh, There isn't really too much craziness going on. There's a little silly season stuff, but NASCAR seems pretty good at uh, bringing out their silly season while in race weekends. So we'll see what happens there. But anyways, if you don't follow IndyCar, which... Um, You know, you definitely should, but I understand a lot of people probably don't follow IndyCar just because it is a North American open wheel series, which kind of is time prohibitive for Europeans to really be able to engage and watch just because of it being on kind of in the evening in the just in Europe. I was going to say in the UK, but I shouldn't just say the UK Um, in Europe in general. So. Um, you know, time zones and everything like that makes it later at night. You can't watch the full race. You don't want to watch any of it because why watch a race if you can't watch it live and watch all of it? I sometimes watch Formula One races um, the next day from recording because of uh, just, well, not the next day, the day of, but like a couple hours after the race because sometimes I can knock it up at nine o'clock in the morning to, to watch a race. There's just some days where I'm just like, eh, we, I don't need to do that. But if you don't watch IndyCar, Something crazy happened this past weekend, and maybe you saw the uh, video floating around of it, but maybe you also didn't, which you should go check out as well to get a little bit more of an understanding of what happened. But uh, the Associated Press, Dan Glesden, specifically at the Associated Press, wrote kind of just a little snippet uh, at the top of one of his articles that I thought would really kind of just highlight the incident that really happened and everything that happened revolving around it. So I just want to read this kind of like one little like three pair or three sentence it would have been crazy if it was three paragraphs that's just stealing um no it's three sentences from dan glesden at the associated press about the robert wickens crash 
Wiggins was attempting to pass Ryan Hunter Ray when the two cars slightly touched just six laps into the race. That caused Hunter Ray's car to move into the wall and Wiccan's car was pulled along for the ride. Once Wiccan's car soared over Hunter Ray's and hit the fence, it spun around and around like a top. And this is just my interpretation here. It was like 15 or 16 at minimum horizontal rotations of just constantly hitting and shredding the fence and shredding the car. And he goes on to say that Wiccan's car was reduced to just the tub, which came to a rest on the track along an interior wall. And that's exactly what happened. The car got completely airborne off of kind of just being so close to Hunter Ray, getting turned, going airborne. Um, it's a very common thing that happens at Pocono and those mile and a half, or I guess Pocono's two miles, but uh, those longer, larger, uh, higher speed oval races that any car does like to go to. Um, when they do race ovals, obviously they, they race mostly road courses, but the ovals that they race in the oval package uh, has a little bit of an issue with cars getting airborne or doing things that they shouldn't necessarily be doing. They just don't have the downforce to stick to the ground, but having less downforce makes the cars racier. So it says balancing a line between uh, entertainment and safety, but uh, with the catch fence kind of just being there and him going up into it and shredding the car, you know, that's happened in NASCAR all the time and Pocono specifically, uh, this crash got people worried um, just because of what happened in 2015 at the track with uh, debris coming off of another car, uh, hitting Wilson in the head and leading, unfortunately, to his death. Um, people were worried about Robert Wickens and what was going to happen there after seeing such a violent crash, even though... Indy cars and Formula One cars and NASCARs and all these kind of cars for racing are built really strong and sturdy and the tracks feature, you know, safer barriers at the ovals and just kind of like large runoff areas and tire barriers and um, all these different safety measures at all these different types of tracks. Racing is still extremely dangerous. It's not like playing like a hockey or a football or um, a soccer or anything like that just because they... Like those sports are a little bit more safe for sure. You can have injuries, but death is rarely one of those injuries. So racing has this element of danger to it as much as the race teams themselves, the drivers, the organizations, the FIA all try to prevent these injuries. They still very much can happen. So a couple of other drivers besides Hunter Ray and Wickens were involved. They had to go for x-rays. They had to make sure they're all good to go, you know, and get medically cleared. Um, actually, just today, the day of recording, which is on Tuesday. Actually, make sure it is Tuesday. It is. Yes, it is Tuesday, the 21st. Um, Hinchcliffe was actually cleared to race in the upcoming race, while Wickens number six car is not going to be racing as a result of him having to be medevaced to a nearby hospital, um, to the Lee Valley Hospital, uh, Cedar Crest specifically, Lee Valley Hospital, Cedar Crest, where um, an update was given right after the race or somewhere in the race. I'm not too quite sure when this update actually happened, but basically they were saying that Robert Wickens is being treated for injuries to his lower extremities, his right arm, and his spine following an incident in the ABC Supply 500 at Pocono Raceway. He also sustained a pulmonary contusion, which is basically just a punctured lung, and he will undergo an MRI and probable surgery at Lee Valley Hospital, where he was taken to and where he was medevaced to, um, and that further updates on his condition will be provided when available. Now, this got people worried because they basically just said, hey, he has a bunch of injuries and he has a spine issue and then we'll provide you with more info when available. And it got people extremely worried because spinal injuries are nothing to, you know, just kind of be like, hey, he has a spinal injury and then not say anything or clarify. Maybe that's something better to not say um, and just say that, you know, he's being treated for his injuries and that more information will be available instead of getting so specific if you don't want to specify what the spinal injury is because it got people really worried that he um, had some type of paralysis uh, whether that be temporary or full like full body like quadriplegic or just his lower extremities um, it just got people really worried as a result of that because that's not a crazy thing to think of when you have a crash a violent crash like that to actually become paraplegic as a result. But uh, later in the day, Paul Tracy actually had an update, uh, which is weird for it to come to from Paul Tracy and not from IndyCar or uh, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports, which Wiccans race for, races for, um, 
But basically, he said that after the terrible wreck, he, Wickens, had two broken ankles, he had a broken arm, and a possible fractured vertebrae. Um, and that he was awake and expecting surgery tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning being Monday the 20th. Uh, we didn't hear anything on the 20th about anything that was going on. Um, and then and they got people worried, obviously, because they're not hearing anything. And that led people to start talking about, like, oh, maybe he's, like, you know, paralyzed and they don't want to say anything about it. And, you know, all these kind of wild things going around. But then on the 21st, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsport uh had a tweet that said basically or press release that they released in the form of a tweet at least how i saw it that uh, robert wickens underwent surgery on monday august 20th at lee valley hospital cedar crest to stabilize a theoretic spinal fracture associated with a spinal cord injury sustained during an indycar event at pocono raceway on sunday august 19th titanium rods and screws were placed successfully into Wiccan's spine during the surgery, which was performed without complication. The severity of the spinal cord injury is indeterminate at this time. Uh, Wiccan's is expected to undergo further surgeries to treat fractures in his lower extremities and right forearm. He remains in stable condition. So obviously this was a really violent crash, but the way that they are releasing news about what happens and makes it feel as though it's not as serious as what it sounds like you know obviously having spinal surgery and having titanium rods and screws uh put into your spine is a big issue and a, a definitely a major surgery and like injury uh a lot of drivers actually have had vertebrae kind of like crushed and compacted uh aj allmendinger had that actually happen to him last season at from a crash in nascar he's actually i think 6 or 2 between two and six inches shorter than he previously was as a result of that. And he was already a small guy to begin with. I just remember reading because of his vertebrae being compressed and, you know, it took him like six months to recover. And I expect a very long recovery time for Wickens as well. If it is a recoverable thing where he can get back in a race car, which I assume it will be Um, in terms of his lower extremities. It seems like they're talking in terms of like repairing things, not in like, you know, um, kind of shrugging it off because he's paralyzed or something. It doesn't seem like it's, it is that, um, you know, the tubs of the cars are built really well. They're built really strongly for a violent crash like that at whatever they run at Pocono. I don't actually know the speeds. I think it's, it's gotta be like 180, 200, something like that on that wide open two mile track. Um, I think there's a case to be made that formula one should possibly entertain the idea of going the full formula one route and instead of trying to add more ovals to the track to be more like nascar and appeal to the nascar audience they should or the supposed nascar audience that is that they should more likely add more road courses for the idea of safety because yes stock cars can race at 100 at 200 miles an hour 220 on these ovals and their drivers can be relatively safe as a result of having a shell around them that acts as kind of a crash impact zone so the car takes all of the absorption of everything whereas an open wheel car you are open to the world and it's an issue or at least entertain the idea of adding a halo or something like that and i know they are working on their own implementation of sort of some safety for the driver in the car but maybe we're kind of looking at an idea of maybe going or getting rid of open wheel racing in general. I know that there are some concepts rolling around about the future of Formula One and maybe it kind of swaying away from open wheel design and kind of going more towards a shell, at least for the driver. Maybe the wheels stay open, but uh, the shell for the driver specifically becomes encapsulated um, some way. But I feel like you're going to encapsulate the driver. You might as well go the full way and encapsulate the entire frame of the car and actually have something over the car because then you prevent a lot of those issues of Formula One with wheel-to-wheel contact and cars completely just shredding apart from one little touch. Whereas in a stock car, or uh, even in like the WEC cars, if they if they were to touch or something, it's not gonna be detrimental crazily to the car. You know, anything that happens is usually repairable if it requires any repair at all. So uh, that's kind of what was happening. Uh, he then, uh, you know 
basically we have to see what happens uh, with Robert Wickens in the coming days and in the coming weeks. Um, obviously, as I said previously, he is done for the season. You know, they haven't said that, but having titanium rods and screws placed in your spine uh, would lead me to believe that you are definitely going to be having a long time of recovery to when you can come back. So he'll probably be back for the beginning of next season. Um, you know, there is, it would basically be from now until February uh, or March. I think, I, I, I think it's March now that they're doing March 16th. Yeah. I think I get, I get speed weeks confused with the St. Pete race, but I think March 16th is the, the St. Pete opening IndyCar race. So he has some time, a lot of time actually to um, recover, do any physical therapy that he has to do. But if he doesn't have, if his, if all he has is broken ankles and the spinal injury, it's just going to be kind of like a a chronic injury, at least from what we understand right now. Um, Obviously I'm probably going to be back next week telling you more information about what happened to Robert Wickens and what specifics have happened where we're giving and what I've been given and what I've seen is a lot of general ideas of what what he had happened and what he's doing surgery for Um, in the coming weeks after, you know, everything is sorted, his family, and everything agree to it and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure the race team will probably release some more information about his current condition and what they expect uh, for the rest of the season, what they're going to be doing. Um, and in regards to the car, if they're going to run it or they're not going to run it. And uh, when we can see Wickens like realistically being back in a race car if he can be in a race car, which I'm going to be super optimistic and say that he can be. I'm going to say those tubs in the Indy cars are great. And his final injury just required it because of the way that he hit or something. And it's no huge deal because there are a lot more injuries with the spinal cord than just being paralyzed or not being able to do something anymore. It's like your spinal cord is crazy in that regard. And uh, if you've taken a psychology course at all, you know, uh, like a, a 101 course in psych kind of explains to you how crazy your like spinal cord and everything is. So yeah, that's kind of everything that goes along with uh, Robert Wickens unfortunate crash. Hopefully, you know, we see him back in a race car as soon as possible, hopefully at the beginning of next season, because I really think that he has a, a shot to just be one of the absolute best in IndyCar. Um, I think he is one of the few like that could compete with the the Dixons or are um, are like upcoming news. I should say it's not next, but uh, the Alonzo news about him maybe coming to IndyCar. Uh, he could compete with them and all that kind of stuff. I think he he has a lot of experience in like DTM and uh, open wheel racing before racing in IndyCar. So I think he could definitely put up a fight with them, and it'd be really cool to see and to be entertained by because at the end of the day you know we we want to be entertained and we want driver safety both of those things wherever they meet whatever has to happen that is okay with me that's why i was completely okay with the halo in formula one and uh most people got used to it after seeing the f2 crash where the car went over um i think it's somebody went over markalov's car and it like scraped the top of his bar and everyone was like okay yeah we that's a safety issue and we definitely need that but in terms of the actual race itself unfortunately i didn't get an opportunity to watch that because i was watching a my own thing in person i went to a demolition derby and uh, i was enjoying that so i didn't get an opportunity to watch the race and i have a strong believer in watching sports live i can't watch sports recorded at all it's just very hard for me to do so i didn't get a chance to really watch it i watched um, a little bit of it here or there i followed updates on twitter where you can definitely follow this podcast at uh, Late Chicane. Lash, late, late Chicane. I don't know. I keep wanting to say la, or Lash Chicane instead of Late Chicane, but at Late Chicane on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the YouTube channel in the YouTube search bar by just typing in the exact same thing, Late Chicane. And you can actually find this podcast there as well. Um, there's no video at the moment, uh, but you can go ahead and listen there as well. So uh, make sure to follow on those social media platforms and subscribe on YouTube as well um, if you are interested in doing any of that stuff, which I would encourage you to do. And obviously subscribe to the podcast as well. We're far from over with this podcast. That was just me throwing that in as a little bit of a reminder. 
about 20 minutes in so that way if you like what you're hearing you can hear it again in the future but uh anyways what you expect you know what you expect to happen in an indycar race kind of happened alexander rossi kind of dominated his third race win of the season uh, Scott Dixon, I believe, finished third, cutting his lead to 29 points over Rossi. And then we have the double points finale in Sonoma, where I feel like it's going to be extremely close between Dixon and Rossi. And whoever wins that race is more than likely going to win the championship, or whoever finishes better in that race, I'd say. But it's going to be probably Rossi or Dixon who win that race if it's not New Garden or Power. So, um, I feel like as long as like nothing crazy happens, we're going to see Rossi and Dixon fighting it out for the championship. And then next year is going to be crazy in terms of what is going to be happening uh, because of the fact that Roger Penske on Sunday confirmed that Will Power and Simon Pagano are, have been re-signed. Uh, rumor is two to three year contracts as Roger Penske always loves to sign with his drivers. He had this to say, everything Uh, Yes, everything is set and everybody is coming back. Uh, And apparently Roger Penske normally never comments on driver news, but there were some rumors going around that Power Pagano might be sniped uh, over to the McLaren entries, the double entry for 2019 or 2020, whenever they decide to actually come in. Um, After Dixon had been re-signed for a multi-year contract with Chip Ganassi, but having both of them back kind of dispels that rumor completely because McLaren probably wanted like a veteran IndyCar driver um, to come aboard. But uh, yep, they're back for uh, next season and probably two seasons after that. And then obviously New Garden is currently in a contract. So Penske has its lineup completely set in stone and then when it comes to chip ganassi racing uh, some news that came out this week is that ed jones is more or less out of the number 10 for chip ganassi and chip ganassi is doing specifically what he wanted to do last year and get felix rosenquist into the car rosenquist currently races from a hindra in formula e he finished about sixth in the championship um i watched the entire formula e season and rosenquist you know was a he was he's probably like um, he was more of like a fifth to eighth place car if i remember correctly of where he usually raced um sometimes he'd get a little bit further up he'd contend for like a podium finish um and he might have got a podium finish or two i'm not quite sure formula formula e is one of those series where everyone kind of ends up being just a blur after the season i don't remember anything about it uh we're in nascar like formula one i can tell you who won each individual race and who finished on the podium but yeah i don't know formula e is one of those series where it completely blends together for me but um so that's happening um some other news is that texas motor speedway is back on the schedule for 2019 but uh it's rumored that they no longer have the year-round territorial exclusive like exclusivity that texas motor speedway always says they need because of you know, they, they want their territory because another race within 400 miles of Texas Motor Speedway would mean that any that Texas Motor Speedway and any other race would both uh, see, you know, not great income sources. So it's either Texas Motor Speedway or it's not Texas Motor Speedway. There's no, you know, you can't go race at Coda or you can't do anything like that. But guess what? IndyCar was like, yes, we can. And if you want to be back on our schedule, we're going to do that. So uh, TMS does not have any exclusivity anymore, uh, and that led to IndyCar talking to Circuit of the Americas, the track that Formula One races the American GP on, the USGP. Um, so we're probably looking at that being added to the schedule. It's very contentious. A lot of people don't know if they want it or they don't want it. They say, you know, they don't want IndyCar to kind of be like a sideshow to Formula One and that IndyCar should have its own identity and it shouldn't be going to tracks that Formula One also goes to. I highly disagree because, you know, they went to Watkins Glen after Formula One stopped going to Watkins Glen. And, you know, you could just do this all day, right? It's like like IndyCar is its own thing, but there is definitely a crossover between people who watch IndyCar and Formula One because they're both open wheel series on road courses. And I'm sure I've never looked at the stats of if ovals or road courses get more viewership for uh indycar but with the fact that the majority of races on the schedule are road courses i would say probably road courses so adding a road course another road course of the schedule is never a bad thing in my opinion 
I would love for them to go back to Watkins Glen as well. I love Watkins Glen, um, but Coda would definitely do. I think that even though the Indy cars are a tad slower than the Formula One cars, I don't know by how much specifically, um, I still think that it could be a lot of good racing there because of the way that Indy cars are just closer racing. Uh, cars can, you know, actually pass each other, whereas Formula One, it's, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to pass this guy, and then it's six laps around until you can pass that guy, more or less, usually, is how that works. So having a little bit more of uh, of a race, I should, I really, I, I hate to say that, but more of a race uh, you have with IndyCar than in Formula One. So um, it's just, it'll just be more action throughout the track, and I think that Coda will definitely shine with IndyCar, at least in my opinion. And I know there's going to be contrarians, people who argue with me that there won't be, but I hold out hope that there will be. And we have one last piece of IndyCar news for this episode, which is that Fernando Alonso is expected to test a Honda-powered Andretti Autosports DW12 early next month to gauge his interest in the 2018 IndyCar package on a road course. Now, they have suggested that Barber Motorsports Park is going to be the venue for Alonso's outing as a result of IndyCar not wanting Andretti um, to race or to test out Alonzo at a track, an upcoming track, as a result of them being able to be like, hey, you know, Rossi, since you're in contention, this is all the information we found out for you. And then they go on to win the championship or that Ganassi claims that they won the championship based off of giving Alonzo a test. Now, we don't know what's happening in 2019 still. Um, the... The IndyCar president basically said that, you know, he doesn't expect McLaren to make a choice until like October or November, which is extremely late. Uh, Andretti said they need to basically know like now. Um, They said like they needed to know by Pocono and Pocono has passed. So who knows what's actually happening here? Um, I think we're probably going to get like an Andretti prepared McLaren in 2019 and Alonso is going to race it. And then McLaren is going to fully enter the series as their own um, actual organization in 2020. Um, at least in my opinion, I feel like that's the most sane option of what's going to happen because I feel like if they try to come in like when they want to in like November and start to build a like race team from the ground up, even in a spec series like IndyCar, it's not going to work out too well for them. Uh, Carlin came in this season, a, a organization with so much pedigree in racing and bringing up uh, racers in all forms of motorsports, uh, struggled at the beginning of the season, and they like actually prepared to come in. McLaren cannot believe, even with Alonzo being Alonzo, that they could go and compete at the front right away. Um, I just, I just don't see it happening maybe they do and maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised and shocked but i I just don't so uh we have to see what happens with that and obviously like everything else every news media outlet on the planet we will be covering alonzo watch 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and 2021 and however long he goes for because alonzo is alonzo and he races in everything and everywhere whatever he wants to do alonzo does because that's what alonzo does so that's the IndyCar news uh, for today and for this week. Um, you know, I, 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 you notice this is being posted on a Wednesday, uh, recorded on a Tuesday. I like that idea because I figure by Wednesday, all of the news that's going to come out for the week has come out. Uh, normally, Monday and Tuesday of race weeks is when all the information for all the series comes out. And we have a lot of Formula One news that has come out uh, just today on Tuesday. I'm, I wanted to record this on Monday, but I'm glad I waited an extra day. Uh, but we're going to kind of move into not Formula One. Formula One, I think, is how we'll, we'll close it because we just there's there's a little tad bit of NASCAR news this week that I can just want to talk about. Uh, if you're not interested in NASCAR, I completely understand. And you probably want to skip ahead like 15, 20 minutes to Formula One. That's cool with me. It is what it is, you know. But I feel like uh, all motorsports are awesome and you should probably give a different form of racing a little bit of a shot because... You never know. You might actually like it. Um, I had a friend who lives in the UK who made the you know NASCAR only races on ovals joke, and I was chatting with him during the Watkins Glen race, which is a road course, and about Elliott winning. And I was talking about how it's a road course and yada 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 because he's not really into racing, so he doesn't understand that Watkins Glen is like, you know, it's like just it's just a crazy track, and everybody kind of knows it. It's one of the synonymous American tracks that uh, Europeans know. And because of Formula One, obviously. 
Uh, and I was explaining to him, he's like, oh, I thought they only race on ovals. And it's like, no, they do other stuff too, but you shouldn't just give up on ovals. Like the 1.5 cookie cutters, I completely understand. But uh, man, if you miss out on like Daytona and Talladega and Watkins Glen and Sonoma and Bristol and Martinsville and even Darlington for that matter, you miss some fun racing. Um, you know, NASCAR, I don't think is one of those series that a lot of people want to follow every week. And that's cool. Um, a lot of the, again, the cookie cutter tracks you can skip, but watch short tracks and watch road courses and Talladega and Daytona, and you will love the series. It is, oh, I just love NASCAR. But anyways, the Bristol race, speaking of short uh, tracks was this week. Kurt Busch was the winner, but not for a lack of trying by like 10 other drivers, including my driver of Chase Elliott, who lost another race due to his pit crew which sucks, but you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, it was really entertaining though, overall, um, all three of the races, the trucks, Xfinity and the cup series, um, you know, Kyle Busch kind of like spinning out on like lap two and going to the back and racing his way up to the front to wreck Truex, who then was super mad. And then Kyle Busch spun, went to the back, Kurt Busch won. Uh, I might've said a Kurt Busch in there when I'm in a Kyle Busch, you know, talking about brothers in racing it's weird uh but it is what it is um it was really entertaining i don't want to get too in depth on it because again this isn't this is more of like a news podcast and it isn't necessarily talking about individual races i mean we'll probably talk about formula one races when they happen in depth because i think that they lead like they lean more to that than a 500 mile race or a 500 lap race i should say not 500 miles because most but 500 laps anyways um race at a short track but watch nascar if you if you enjoy short track racing you enjoy beating and banging people on the formula one subreddit couldn't understand how nascar like the cars could actually touch and not get like penalized or anything for that and it's like that's that's racing as uh as they say rubbing rubbing is racing so, uh, yeah, that kind of happened um, after the race. Kyle Busch is a heel in NASCAR, if you don't follow NASCAR. Uh, he plays it really extremely well, uh, especially recently. Uh, he's, you know, a really great guy and, and everything like that, but he plays a heel on track. You know, people boo him when he wins. He takes bows and, you know, he's very cocky. And it, it's a really great role. And I think, like, that is a really great role in motorsports and it makes people entertained, you know, love to hate relationship. It's kind of like the WWE heel thing uh, as i said just before uh, but a fan tried to fight him after the race don't don't do that it's like last year where the uh where that guy after denny hamlin spun out elliot at martinsville he like went up to hamlin and then then this year he was like protecting his car and it, it's it was this weird thing and this it was just a fan it had nobody to do with the team and extremely weird don't try to to fight drivers that really makes no sense especially uh, as opposed to like indycar where indycar is like their paddocks are super open you can hang out while the drivers and the teams are working on their cars nascar is a little bit more um closed off like you can still get hot and cold passes to be able to go into the garage and um in the infields and by the drivers in the garages and all that kind of stuff but it's a little bit more exclusive and then obviously formula one there's absolutely no shot of you doing any of that you can't even get within like binocular distance of the drivers a lot of the time uh but as fans start to do this kind of stuff you know it makes that driver look bad it doesn't make everybody look bad and i think people try to contest that it does it makes like the fans as a whole look bad but it doesn't but it might implement security changes because of a fan uh like a singular fan uh to make it less um less availability for fans to meet drivers which is a really big hallmark of motorsports to being able to actually like see the drivers and do all that kind of stuff uh, so it'd be nice if fans would stop trying to like, you know, not don't fight drivers, basically just don't do that. It's weird. Um, for obvious reasons of don't just don't fight people in general. Uh, there was a rumor actually about Kyle Busch motorsports moving up to cup. Uh, that was quickly dismissed by, uh, basically everybody. Uh, people were saying that they were going to bid on BK racing, a backmarker team, uh, who was up for like bidding on their charter nascar basically works where the top 36 teams automatically get into every race and then the remaining drivers who show up have to actually race their way in and if there's too many uh one of them goes home or how many ever goes home that's over above 40 so basically four drivers get in and anybody above that four gets sent home but uh there was a rumor of that and that was quickly dismissed uh bk racing 
Uh, bidding was actually run by Front Row Motorsports, a team who actually fields two current drivers in David Reagan and uh, McDowell in the Cup Series. They won the charter and the assets with a $2 million bid. And what I find really interesting, what what the subreddit, the NASCAR subreddit, and what Twitter found really interesting and just really funny is that they specifically listed that Rick Ware Racing would get a tractor for $35,000. Now, this doesn't mean like a tractor, like on a field, like, you know, a cornfield tractor. This means like a tractor trailer. Um, but the way it was phrased is just a, a tractor made people like lose their minds, absolutely lose their minds. So uh, that was real fun. That was a good uh, like hour on Twitter of people just being like, that's a really good deal for a tractor. <laughs> it was like this whole thing. And it, it was fun. We have we have fun here, but uh, GMS Racing they who have a a multi like tier team in the the Xfinity and the Truck Series um, with Johnny Sauter and uh, why am I forgetting their names now? And Justin Haley, who's my favorite driver in the Truck Series, and um, Stuart Friesen is kind of this offshoot as part of another team, but GMS prepared vehicles, and then. Um, Dylan Sargent, and who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting one. Drives in a... Nope, completely gone out of my head. But they have one more driver, and then they have Spencer Gallagher in the Xfinity series. Um, And uh, he races in the number 23. He won a race this year. Then he uh, tested positive for a banned substance. And subsequently, uh, a bunch of other drivers from the Chevy stable of drivers... uh, actually came up and raced. Uh, Alex Bowman raced in a race. Chase Elliott's raced a couple. Chase Elliott's dad, Hall of Famer Bill Elliott's going to be racing this upcoming weekend at Road America, which is really interesting. But uh, Adam Stern on Twitter, A underscore S12. Uh, everybody in at least the NASCAR community knows who this guy is. He is a reporter um, for, I don't remember the website, but basically this guy never gets stuff wrong. He is very like on ball, on point. He does not tweet personally at all. Like, I swear, everything on his newsfeed is just all news about uh, racing in general. Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR. It's crazy. But he always keeps everything up to date. And basically, you don't have to follow anything but him. He will give you all the information. Uh, but uh, he is reporting that even though GMS Racing was outbid for the BK Racing Charter, uh, because they weren't going to be taking the assets, you know, they're, they're definitely a Chevy team. And uh, they would probably partner with Hendrick because Hendrick repairs their engines in the um, Xfinity series. And I, I don't I don't know what they do if they did previous to the new engine coming in in trucks, if they prepared their engines for trucks as well. But I believe they did. Um, but they say that GMS Racing is probably going to be getting a different charter than BK Racing's uh, because of how it's like complicated with debt and everything like that. Uh, but there was an idea that they're close to securing another charter. And that charter that is rumored in a subsequent uh, tweet from Stern is that it's a, the second Richard Petty Motorsports um, charter because they're looking to get rid of it. And GMS really does want to move up to Cup. So uh, we could be seeing that in the future uh, coming to fruition of GMS moving up, which would be really cool. But then Spencer Gallagher would probably be the driver. And then that'd be a whole other thing if he should be the driver or not. But he's the son of the owner of GMS and the owner of GMS owns Allegiant Airlines, which is a budget airline. It's something like a Spirit or if you're in Europe, something like a Ryanair. Um, whereas one of the discount airlines, no frills. Um, I hear really bad things about it, but you know, I can't say because I've never been on it. Uh, but that's what that is. But that is all the NASCAR news. Uh, you know, not a ton. We're in the we're in the middle of a NASCAR season, so not much is going to happen until uh, the last couple races after once we get into playoffs uh, or the chase for the cup. Um, we'll see what happens there. But Formula One news. There is a lot of Formula One news. So actually, let's just talk about WEC real quick. We're Inch championship. Just a quick point. Uh, Alonso won the. Sunday six hour of Silverstone, but due to technical infractions on both of the Toyota hybrids, uh, they were disqualified and they gave the win away to the Rebellion racing car. Um, So basically they had the front end, the skid blocks were deflected by so many millimeters on each end and uh, Toyota claimed it was because of 
um, where specifically is it here? Um, they claim that it was some sort of damage from the like hitting the track and then it's the track fault and the stewards were like no 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 um you know it's like you have to be able to make a car that and i quote withstand the normal vigors of a six-hour race so uh you know the the president of toyota uh you know wrote a letter of apologizing as japanese people you know their culture is very apologetic and owning up to issues and all that kind of stuff so he wrote a letter that basically was like, it's our fall, yada, yada, yada. You know, the, the basic deal of what you would expect, which is really cool. It's very classy. Uh, people really like that a lot. Uh, but that's all of the WEC news because, you know, Alonzo Watch 2018 uh, as as it is to, to be. I know people in WEC really hate that. Uh, fans that people only watch for Alonzo. I watched last season too, so thank you very much. But it's very hard to watch this season because of motor trend having the rights in the u.s and you have to pay extra for that and it's not included in cable packages and um i have youtube tv and you know i can watch every other race but not this one and it's a whole big thing but uh, anyways formula one news because there was a ton of formula one news uh in the the three weeks i don't actually know what was this week and what wasn't uh, daniel ricardo was outside of the window i know that that happened right like r- like two days after the um the three-week break actually started but the biggest news as i have said on multiple occasions so far because he's tied to multiple series and probably why he retired or has taken a sabbatical from formula one in 2019 is alonzo announced that he is not going to be racing in any team in formula one in 2019 but not that he's leaving mclaren so that would lead you to believe that he's going to indycar or to another series that mclaren races in and they don't race in any other series so hmm probably going to indycar if i had this if i had to like you know speculate um but uh you know he's gonna be retiring so as a result there's an empty seat at mclaren so who's gonna be taking that seat well that would be carlos signs to is going to be racing for mclaren in 2019 now does that mean that it's gonna be signs and van dorn in the mclarens in 2019 well there's some speculation as of just today actually that uh, there is a head-to-head competition between van dorn and norris lando norris who is looking likely that he might he's either going to finish one two one or two in the f2 championship and you know is going to really want to move up to formula one uh taking that seat for the obvious reason of him being very qualified but does mclaren want to click out uh like kick out van dorn do they think that you know he is he is worse than the car is bad like is his driving ability compared to the car like it it isn't the same as like with Alonso but can you compare Alonso to Van Dorn when you you just really can't do that and there's this whole big thing of what they're going to want to do and you know they're going to get they're trying to get key over from Toro Rosso so is Toro Rosso actually going to just be like we'll give you him but you have to give us Norris and like this weird like trade there's so many things that can happen in the upcoming weeks and upcoming months that we're gonna we're basically gonna figure out how it's all going to uh to shake out here but uh that isn't the only news because as i alluded to there is an empty seat at both red bull racing and toro rosso or well there will be an empty seat at one of those after pierre gasly announced that he has uh officially signed or officially been moved up i guess because he's already within red bull to the a team in red bull racing from toro rosso leaving an empty seat at toro rosso um which is a whole mess of a rumor mill of who's going to be getting that that seat basically there was a rumor that started a couple days ago that uh john eric Verne, subsequently referred to as jev because everybody refers to him as jev was contacted by an f1 team for a ride um he basically said this and then uh, a bunch of rumors and a bunch of stuff came out from a bunch of different respectable publications that was like it was toro rosso you know he is still sponsored by red bull so it makes sense that he'd go back but people were like oh they burned like you know toro rosso and red bull basically burned that bridge with jev because they could have had him but they didn't promote him and the whole big mess of what it is but uh the new rumor today uh after he said by the way that he wasn't signing with toro rosso is that he actually signed with toro rosso for next season and if you don't know who uh, john eric Verne is if you're new to formula one or you don't watch formula e he won the formula Ch- uh formula chi the formula e championship with chichita uh this year so uh you know he definitely can race formula e is 
no pushover series. There are some competitive drivers in that series, and they race to the edge um, in those cars. So uh, he can definitely race. He is a definitely a race car driver. So uh, if he signed, do they keep Hartley? Does Hartley get kicked out because there's been rumors all season that they want to get rid of Hartley? Do they trade Key for Norris? You know, trade their technical director who has already technically signed with McLaren, uh, but can't because he has a contract with Toro Rosso still and. Do they get do they get Norris even for a temporary amount of time? Uh, who actually knows what's going to happen there? But um, some other big news: Lance Stroll's father, Lawrence Stroll, bought Force India, and now there's a rumor that Lance Stroll is going to be moving to Force India before the end of the season because his father wants him there. So that leaves an open seat at Williams, which um, we don't know who necessarily is going to be kicked out of Force India. But seeing how Perez is the one that like opened up the ability for Lauren Stroll to be able to buy Force India that we would actually see Perez stay and Ocon get kicked out and since Ocon is a McLaren driver he wouldn't be able to take a seat at like Toro Rosso and McLaren is trying really hard to or McLaren Mercedes he's a Mercedes driver sorry Uh, but Mercedes is trying to find him a seat and now that the seats at McLaren are filled. Like, where does he go? Does he get kicked down to a Williams? Will he want to race in a Williams? Will he just move to another series? Like, there's a will he just sit out a year until a seat opens up? There is a whole mess of, like, what's going to happen. But basically, you know, Lance Stroll has his own wishes of who he wants to race with. Um, there's a couple of different names that are floating around from a couple of different teams. But then if Ocon doesn't go to Williams, who replaces that seat? Is it... Um, it's, it's one of like, it's so, there's so many options and it's going to be crazy to see what actually happens. And I think Formula One is really good for having a silly season every season. Um, and just, just to add one little bit of flavor to the end of uh, this, because we only have one piece of information left, is that uh, rumor going around uh, just actually today. And it's been going around for a little bit now, but, you know, it's, it's a, the Italian media reporting at this time and it's a Ferrari rumor. So... You got to touch on it because there's a lot of weight to an Italian uh, newspaper and news website reporting on a on Ferrari. So they are reporting that uh, Kimi is going to be signing a new one-year contract with a one-year option from Ferrari. Now they said it a little bit more like loosely and saying he's signing a one and one contract and like does that mean like he has the option or does Ferrari have the option? But what I just said is probably the most likely option. And then we're going to be seeing uh, Leclerc not moving up to uh, Ferrari like it was suspected. But that has a lot to do with the CEO of um, the Fiat group or how, whatever they are, like Jeep, Fiat, Ferrari, like the ownership group of that. The CEO dying. He wanted to see Kimi out, but the new kind of like group in charge of Ferrari um, don't want to see Kimi go. They think that he is a strong competitor and that he can he sells a lot to offer. And they want Leclerc to develop. They don't want to stick him into a Ferrari. Ferrari is very known for not taking a risk on a driver. They rather stick with drivers who do really well until that driver doesn't do well anymore. Then they kick him out and then they get like an experienced driver. So they want to try and get Leclerc into Haas, um, which would definitely not be a bad thing. Because if Kimi stays around for a long time, that means that Haas has a really strong driver. And Haas is a team that is in my opinion, the best of the rest. I don't think Renault is better than Haas. I think Haas is definitely a, a better team. Um, you know, Magnussen is consistently scoring points, which leads me to believe that Grosjean is going to be the one that is uh, kicked out of the team, whether Grosjean like moves to Saba or like where he goes. Um, nobody really knows, but that that's, he's probably going to go to Giovanni, uh, which is in, cause they're a formula or they're a Ferrari B team. Whereas Haas says they're not a formula uh, or a Ferrari B team. So well, they take Leclerc, but they want to keep Grosjean, even though he's had a, a really bad year. And like Steiner has said that he's been making a lot of rookie mistakes and, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. We're going to be racing again this upcoming weekend in formula one. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, probably it's a track that, McLaren would, or I was going to say McLaren wins. Mercedes would uh, give the edge to probably, but uh, Ferrari's been super strong this year, so uh, who knows what's going to happen. It should be extremely interesting uh, to see what and, well, what happens 
like if there's going to be any more driver news of anything happening um, a lot of news is probably going to be coming out at Monza because a lot of the rumors are around Italian teams who want to announce their news obviously at uh, an Italian racetrack it, it makes sense uh, maybe Leclerc doesn't get announced until Haas uh, comes to the U.S. and races at the U.S. GP even though it's not it's a Monagash driver but it's an American team and he's signed with a he is like part of a rookie program for a an Italian organization. So who absolutely knows when that announcement will get made, but it'll get announced at some point, probably. I don't see Leclerc kind of hanging out for another season in a, a back marker, even though if he's making a lot of progress and the team is making a lot of progress there, um, Fry probably wants to put him in a better seat to better um, enhance his abilities, specifically because he's doing so well uh, as it is already. So that is all the racing news that we have for this faithful week. Um, there was a lot of it, as you can imagine, being that Formula One had three weeks of downtime. And I kind of just covered three weeks of Formula One news uh, outside of the Daniel Ricciardo thing because it happened a little bit outside of my purview. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's everything. And hopefully you enjoy the first episode. And if you did enjoy the first episode, uh, definitely make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it at, whether that be iTunes, Google, or uh, SoundCloud, or on the YouTube video. If you follow on the YouTube video, uh, you should go ahead and subscribe to the channel and like the video as well and stick around there. And if you're not on the YouTube uh, video, you should go ahead and go to the YouTube because we also um, do a lot of racing stuff there, uh, talking about different racing things um it's a sim racing channel so it focuses on like sim racing like formula one uh 2018 nascar i racing if that's something you're not familiar with it is a very fun time it's more than just a game it's it's a lot of competitiveness and everything of the like it's it's really fun so um should definitely check that out but if you're not into that that's completely okay you can also follow the podcast on instagram and twitter at uh last chicane late chicane not last chicane late chicane i don't know why i would say last chicane um you're probably i'll get used to it but um uh late chicane l-a-t-e-c-h-i-c-a-n-e late chicane podcast on instagram and twitter because that is the name and i don't know why i say otherwise but uh yeah Hopefully we get some interesting uh, racing this upcoming weekend across all the series that are racing. Hopefully we get some very juicy, silly season news for um, Formula One. Maybe we get a couple of more drivers confirmed. We'll see what happens. So uh, thanks for listening. If you're on the YouTube video, thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week with hopefully some more silly season racing news.